0: This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The 5 Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio. This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello, and welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I am your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, and I hope you have enjoyed my narrator's voice. I am joined as always by Dan. Look at him out there in the wild, Kruger, in his natural uh, habitat. Of the Invictus headquarters, downtown Minneapolis. We should do like
1: an NPR episode where we just do like NPR voice and just talk like oh,
0: nice and little. calm, nice and quiet. Yeah. Okay, so today Here's I'm going tea. to be. I'm going to try and keep this up this entire episode. So we're going to lose so many. We're <laughs> going to lose all our listeners. Okay. Listeners. okay. So so if you have not left us yet, you have you've stayed this long. Well, bless bless your beautiful heart. Uh, we appreciate you. So today let's talk about. We're 2 minutes in. Let's talk about one of the questions uh a lot of people have when they come to real estate investing is how much do you really stand to make? Like what do the returns look like? Cuz we talk about all the time like real estate great returns by comparison to a lot of other investment vehicles. But what does that really mean when we say great returns? And just to preface this, it depends, right? It's a bit of a moving target. So we're going to try and lay out the groundwork depending on your investor profile different types of assets so let's break this down dan what type of returns can i expect as a real estate investor
1: should we just go lawyer and say it depends uh, yeah just take that provide like, just no real information
0: no insight our lawyers <laughs> okay. bless their beautiful lawyer hearts they give us no info ever <laughs> They don't listen
1: to our podcast, do they?
0: No, they probably don't. No, actually, Zach, if you're listening <laughs> to this, or Katie, we love you. We're not talking about you guys. We're talking about you not you guys. guys. Like,
1: no, it's just lawyers and judges. No. Anyways, not not on topic. What we're talking about today is like how much money can you make in a real estate syndication, right? That's a really common question. We talk to a lot of investors, and like they're all curious about you know who we are, what we do, what our track record is, what the risk is. But really, the the big question that everyone shows up for that meeting slash Zoom call slash phone call, whatever it is how much money can I make here? And then, you know, what's the risk? For? They want to know what, what what am I going to make? The answer is $1 million. One million. Um, That's- No, I think <laughs> today's, we're just going to talk about, you know, basically we're going to talk about our model, first and foremost, because we could provide the best kind of data on what we do, uh, but there's various different asset classes. Uh, there's various different uh, deals out there with different risk profiles, but we're going to be talking about uh, B minus or C plus uh, asset class that uh, qualifies as value add, not necessarily distressed properties, not uh, war zone properties, but we like good quality buildings that are in good neighborhoods, that are producing cash flow from day one, and there's upside potential. So there's a value add component. So. Uh, I think that is a really popular niche to be in, uh, so I think this episode should provide some clarity to the return profile for that asset class, and uh, I think that should help a lot of people. Uh, but there's a few different ways to look at the returns in real estate, and we are going to wrap this up with just you know a really basic number. But We want to just also let you, know, let you know that there's a few different ways that you can make money in these deals, right? You get cash flow on a monthly basis. Uh, if you're doing deals like us, we've got a refinance built in there. So that mid deal, sometime in the middle there, there's a capital event where there's cash that gets, uh, pull, there's equity that gets uh, pulled out of the property, distributed to investors. Everyone keeps their same ownership percentage. Um, but let's then take that capital and reload it into the next deal or buy Ferrari if they want. Uh, and then you've got the sale at the end, the proceeds at the end. So really I think when people are asking what what's the, what am I going to make? They kind of want to know, like, just the aggregate, start to finish, all those different components. I'm not going to include tax. That's a whole other conversation. But, you know, from start to finish, like, how much would I make on average in a year or over a whole period, say, five, seven years? Mm-hmm. So what's the number? And the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it, Dan? <laughs> uh, no, I've actually gotten really good at nailing at, at this down because I've, I've always just provided a ton of data said, okay, here's some examples of everything that's happened, it's just, okay, no, they don't want all of that, they just wanna know on average. And so my my ex, uh, my answer to people now is to pay your expectations uh, somewhere in the mid 20s, average annual return. Uh, there's gonna be deals that do better than that and there's gonna be deals that uh, don't quite hit that. But from start to finish, just the aggregate, average annual return, we're not gonna do the IRR thing, it's not that different. Um, that's kind of what you're looking at getting from a, a pretty good deal. Uh, when we present our deals, we usually present the worst case scenario. Well, not the worst, worst case scenario, but we present a pretty pessimistic scenario uh, when we put our deals together because we want to make sure that they can uh, weather an economic storm. But with that said, we know how these things actually turn out and how they have turned out and you know how much cushion we have in our, our projections. And so mid 20s, I think is a really good uh, spot to anchor expectations for the types of deals that we do.
0: So let's let's uh, compare this with a couple minutes that we have left on the show. Let's compare this and contrast it with what you might expect from a bond or stock market, or say like a Class A syndication. So something that's a little bit more stabilized and not value baked into it uh, in the same way that we do. I think twenty to twenty five percent IRR is pretty common in the types of deals that we do. But um, you know, certainly there's other other avenues that you can make money so it's helpful to compare it against some of the most likely alternatives. We have
1: treasuries pulled up here if you want.
0: Hit me with it. What can I get from the treasury?
1: Uh well it's it uh, they're really small numbers. So like 10% uh Wait, I mean what? I guess you know if we're looking at our types of deals and we're looking at 7 to 10 year or 5 to 7 year deals we should probably be looking at, you know, 5 to 7 year term bonds to at least get something reasonable. So right now, five-year Treasury uh, about 0.6 to 0.8 percent.
0: So not great. So okay. Money up for
1: five and years. this is an
0: this is an interesting point that I want to draw out here is that Thomson Reuters did a twenty-year longitudinal study from 1993 to 2013. They studied seven different asset classes, and in there they they ranked them across uh, risk and return uh, axes. And what they found was that commercial real estate of what we're talking about is a type had a risk profile similar to bonds, which I found really interesting. So government you could go bonds. and get like... what's Because they government have corporate on there,
1: which is... They also have bit...
0: corporate, which is a little bit higher, yeah. but to a corporate or to a government bond, which is one of the lowest risk vehicles that people commonly think about. So commercial real estate has a risk profile similar to a government bond, but what is... I, I can't even do the math on that. It's like uh, 40 times, 40 X, the return, than, than the government bond, like it's, it, that's not even not sure. in the same ballpark. So let's go to the other totally side and we're uh, going to get taxed. Yeah. So let's go to the other side of that graph then. The, so that we just uh, talked about the low risk, low return side and we found, okay, commercial real estate's there, low risk. Now let's look at the high return, high risk side. And that's where we found large cap stocks. So what's the,
1: cap, a, for the highest return? Oh, was it? Oh, really? Yeah. Mid caps are okay. higher. Large caps were smaller.
0: Oh, that's right. And the small cap, were... mid caps had higher risk profile. Yep. So, what kind of returns uh, do you remember that they were hitting?
1: Uh, I don't remember the number off of that graph, um, but I would I would guess it's going to be slightly above the you know that average S and P number that people give, which is like ten or eleven percent. So, yep. I mean, the S and P isn't mid caps, uh, Russell's mid caps. So, um, you know, I would say add a few a few points to that, but there's also you know, a uh, bigger standard deviation, uh mm-hmm. can be a bit more volatile, hence the increased risk. So I'd say, you know, we can be generous and say 14 percent pre-tax returns with the risk profile significantly higher. So you get the, the returns that are better than the highest uh, asset class that the top is looking at, and the the the, the return or the, the risk profile of the you know, safest thing on there, which is government yep. bonds.
0: So no matter how you slice it, you know. The the returns that we're seeing on these types of value add syndications, these private placements, they're almost double the returns that you would see on the stock market, but
1: with the risk profile of a
0: government bond. uh,
1: What a stabilized A class syndication. What have you seen? I would would say
0: like twelve to fourteen percent would be generous,
1: honestly. Would
0: be my expectation of like yeah, but even like even then, they're still generating returns equal to the stock market. And that's a really stable, safe choice where there's not a lot of meat on the bones. Theoretically, it's not going up because it's brand new. It's as valuable as it's ever going to be. So no matter how you really cut it, whether you're looking at value add C class multifamily, like we do, or class a you're getting returns either better or twice as good with, with a risk profile comparable to the government bonds. It's like, I don't know, when you start to get that picture, that profile, it's like, wow, this is really crazy that more people don't do this.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a factor. I know we're coming up close to the end here, but the one other nuance there is that uh, the returns aside, like the the (laughs) tax situation is going to be the one that really moves the needle for a lot of people. And as you get wealthier and as you have higher incomes, it's going to be a bigger and bigger factor for you. So if if you aren't in in a place where you're really looking at how can I reduce my tax liability yet, at some point you will be, and that's usually just the cherry up top for people. Um, the returns are great, but the fact that you actually get to keep significantly more of those returns relative to uh, anything else other than going out and drilling for oil uh, is usually what's, what, what makes this kind of a landslide asset class for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's what you can expect in terms of returns. I don't know, like we're just talking ballpark's like that no, past performance is not a guarantee of future future performance. So don't say take what we're saying and be like they said 25% IRR so that's what I should get. But yeah, you know, just trying to ballpark it for you guys at home so that you have an expectation and realize like we're not talking about real estate just being a little bit better than the stock market and bond alternative. We're talking about it being a lot better. So hopefully it was informative. If you're interested in learning more about investing in these vehicles, but you don't want to do any of the work, well, go pick up the book, Passive Investing Made Simple. It's on Amazon. It's awesome. It's going to help you learn more about how awesome this vehicle (laughs) is. (laughs) So I don't know. That's that's my shameless plug. We appreciate you guys. Make sure to go over to iTunes, that you subscribe, you hit the bell, you leave a review. I I don't know. Hit all the buttons over there. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys uh, next week.